Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison. we got a great one today. I have guest Zach Fulton on the show, uh, NFL offensive lineman for the Houston Texans. Uh, we talk about you know the departure of Deshaun Watson to J.J. Watt, some memories from UT, and what barbecue is better, Kansas City or Texas. So, let's start the show. The game. Snap, the kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no sir Reed. No sir Reed. Final score Tennessee 20, Florida 17. Pandemonium reigns. Looks, loads up, fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught on Tennessee. Before we get into the episode, got to shout out our sponsor at betonline.ag. So, you know, football's over, but we still got NBA, we got college basketball, and we got the NHL. They're in full swing, and the only place that you should be betting on these sports is betonline.ag. So, you know, I think it's a pretty big story in the NBA. Anthony Davis is going to be out for at least two to three weeks. So, I think you can make a lot of money betting against the Lakers. Uh, I don't know if they're quite together yet. I mean, LeBron James is LeBron James. But, you know, when AD's not out there, it seems like they're missing something. So I would look out for that. Uh, but Bet Online covers so many different aspects and so many different props and bets you can do. You know, they cover awards, award shows, TV shows, uh, reality TV. Um, so they have hundreds of props and real time odds on almost anything you can imagine. Uh, and of course, there's always the online casino, it's 24 hours a day. So you can always go on there. So head to the website. Or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so we welcome an Illinois native. He had uh, 40 starts, if you can believe it, for Tennessee Vols. He was the six-round pick to the Kansas City Chiefs. And one of the biggest human beings you'll ever meet, that is Zachary Fulton. How are we doing, bud? What's going on, Kirby? How you doing, my man? I'm doing great. I'm glad to have you on. I'm hoping uh, Vol Nation can get some funny stories out of you. So, um, I wanted to start. I wanted to start with uh, you know this season in the NFL has been pretty crazy with COVID and everything that's going on. Uh, you know how how did you cope with it? How how was the you know, different transitions you had to do? And, you know, was there ever thought in your mind of possibly opting out before the season started? 
Well, yeah, the thought did cross my mind to opt out. Um, there was a lot of uncertainty going on around the league, and you know, you still had you know people not adhering to you know local lockdown rules and stuff like that. So people were still going out and partying, you know, not really caring. Yeah. Um, so yeah, opting out did cross my mind, but ultimately, I wanted to feel like if there was a chance of us playing, I want to go ahead and just grind it out and see what happens. You know, worst case scenario. It might be pretty entertaining, but <laughs> you never know because a lot of shit was going on that during that time. So I'm glad we were able to get the season over with and um, finish it through. But the NFL is crazy, bro. It's it's like a real job, honestly. It's a, yeah. a nine to five. You know, you got your bosses, you got certain expectations, um, and they expect things out of you. And if you don't perform and if you don't, you know, succeed, there's always somebody to come and replace you. So. You got to treat it like a real job. You got to treat it like, you know, you got to go out and do your all every day or else, you know, they're going to come cut you. Yeah. That's just the bottom line. <laughs> yeah, that is that is the tough part about it. Um, yeah. Now, I know it's been tough. I mean, you know, Jawan talked about it too with, with COVID stuff, especially since he opted out. Um, was there Was there ever a time that you felt like, you know, I don't know if I should really be here. Like during the season, was there ever a time where you were like, dude, this is just like out of control or there's, there's not a, a set guideline. So I like, I don't know if I'm, I feel safe like doing this. Yeah. We had pretty good, you know, protocols set up. Um, but you know, early on in the season, I think there was a lot of teams that had to shut down their facility and we were one of them. So yeah. it kind of seemed like, you know, what are we, what are we doing here? If we can't, we got to shut down every other week or something, you know, why are we really out here? And is this you know, thing really something that can be, that can be contained? So, you know, it, it did kind of come across my mind. It's like, you know, do they really have this thing under control and are we really safe? But um, like I said, the season progressed on and, you know, we didn't have too many hiccups during the season as far as COVID was concerned, but. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's, let's move to something more lighthearted, but maybe not joyful. Uh, the Tennessee Vols. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I'm sure you kept up with them throughout the season. I know, you know, all VFLs watch the games and, and, uh, you know, root them on and everything like that. How are you feeling about this disappointing time period, uh, for the uh, It's a little, we're going through a little bit of a slump, man, but, uh, I think, I think we can turn around. What's the new, what's the new coach's name? Hypel, Josh Hypel. Okay. Yeah. I think this guy, he's got a little bit of buzz around, um, by him, but. Hopefully we can turn it around, man. But this year was was crazy. We what? How many games we win? What? Two, three, three, <laughs> three. Yeah. <laughs> three went to a bowl game and then we had to cancel it. Yeah. Because of COVID. Yeah, that's that's crazy. But um, you know, I'm always going to be a diehard. You know, yeah. Since you know, orange runs in me now. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I'm always going to have the you know high expectations for them, and I hope they succeed in the future, man. But. Yeah, we're just going through a little downtime right now. Yeah. So during the season, and I talked about it before just on previous podcasts, that the offensive line would move around a lot. They'd use different lineups in-game. They would switch lineups, and they continued to do it throughout the year. And when asked, the coaches said for competition, uh, for cardio purposes, as some guys weren't necessarily in shape. I mean, have you ever been a part – of an offensive unit like that where you're rotating more guys like throughout a game and 
I just, my personal opinion is I, I don't know if it really works. I, I feel like you have to play next to someone for a while. I mean, you think about it, the connection that you and Juwan had right. at Tennessee was crazy. I, I mean, yeah. the fact you guys got to start next to each other for 40 games. So I think it, I think it really matters when it comes down to it. Oh yeah. I think it matters for sure. Um, I think you have to be able to, you know, most times guys, they just have the starting five in practice all the time. Right. And they don't typically rotate them out, but in order for that to work, you have to be able to rotate those guys out constantly in practice, but that's just something that doesn't happen that too often, all too often. So you got to be able to build that chemistry. Um, and if it is, if you are part of a line that, you know, rotates a lot, you got to be able to have that chemistry that's off the field. So that way, when somebody does get subbed out for whatever reason, um, you guys can just go in there and click. But I personally have been a part of a line, but that has rotated guys, but mainly only because of injury. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a part of the game, but I was one of those guys that would have to jump in and um, play in any position at any point, whether it be, you know, tackle, tackle to tackle. So yeah. um, I always try to, when I was in practice and getting those reps, I always tried to, you know, communicate with the guys that were starting um, and always be, you know, a glue when I did get in there and then be able to hold things together um, and to communicate and, you know, just be able to get the best out of all five of us when we are in there, even though we haven't had much time together. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. There, there, there was definitely times where, you know, when I was at, when I was starting that guys were getting hurt and it was just like, Hey, you're going to have to play next to a different guard, like throughout the game. So it's just rolling with the punches. But I mean, I, I, I'm a firm believer that the number six and the number seven guy are the number six and the number seven guy for a reason. Yes. You got to be able to do everything. (laughs) Yeah. And, and and, And it's kind of stressful, but it's fun at the same time, especially if you're able to do it you know, at a decent level. So it's, yeah. it's very interesting. It's like, uh, it, it's like a, being a backup quarterback where it's like, you got to be ready yeah. just in case yes. you have to go in there. Exactly. But, um, I mean, I remember the first, the first time that I got into a game, <laughs> Jawan helmets popped off Yeah, I I was ver- versus Florida <laughs> and I had to go out there and literally jumped off sides the first half <laughs> because <laughs> Bro, I was and freaking you're not, out. You're not the only one. You're not the only one. <laughs> so, yeah. very first play of my career, like not just like a field goal or anything like that. Very first, like play, play. I freaking yeah. jump off sides versus Florida and Neyland, and it just ruins the entire drive. <laughs> it happens, man. Trust me, it happens. You already know. Yeah. So but, we talked. We we mentioned Heupel. Um, He is starting to put together a coaching staff right now and like the last three hires that he's gotten like a wide receiver a running back and a defensive line coach they all played college football in the past they all played those positions and um I was wondering from your perspective do you think that makes a difference you know whether it is an NFL coach or a college coach if the guy played before if he kind of went through that stuff does that does that make a difference in your mind when you're you know taking the coaching from him or you know, wanting to learn from him? Totally makes a difference. Um, I've been fortunate to have, but all my coaches have had some type of playing experience um, for the most part. But I think if, when you play, you just have a better understanding of what your player needs 
um, you know, how to get the best out of him and how to coach him up, you know, the best so he, that he can succeed to the best of his ability. Um, but yeah, man, playing for sure uh, definitely gives a better perspective of um, a coach to better help this player out. Honestly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, about I'm I would agree too. Um, I think, I think not just the perspective of what's it like to play against really good competition or, you know, how your hand placement or your feet are supposed to be when you're in a certain position, but also the, Hey, I understand what you're going through kind of stuff. I understand the stressors that are going on in your life. I understand that like you're trying to, you know, have a family, but then also play for the NFL and you're a college guy. You're like, I understand you're going to class and also trying to play. So I think that does make a difference. Um, and possibly, I mean, I think it probably makes a big difference in recruiting too, if you really think about yeah. it. Yeah, because they've been through a whole recruiting process, you know, when they were in high school. And obviously they know what, you know, high school kids want to see and, you know, what gets them, you know, excited to come play for their school. But yeah, they know how to relate to the kids and they know how to, you know, get them going to their program. Yeah. So definitely recruiting. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's true because one of the coaches that we hired, Cody Burns, he was a wide receiver at Auburn, and he was there when they won the national championship. So he's 32 years old. He's a younger guy, and I think like I think that would be huge for recruiting. Like it, recruiting wide receivers would be like, hey, like I just went through this stuff that you just did. Like I I know exactly what you're going through. I know how you just got done. <laughs> yeah, like I just got done. Like I know how like all the other coaches around the country are telling you you're the best and you know feeding you all of this stuff to try and get you to come here like he can just be more real with the guys and i think that'll make a huge difference when it does come to recruiting yeah definitely i think the guys with the most experience usually end up being the better coaches as well you know because i remember he stan came to um, chicago and we had sat down had breakfast and I knew that, you know, the word around town was he was a, you know, toughest nails coach. Yeah. Um, but I knew that he knew that he knew exactly what it would take for me to get to the next level. Yes. And I trusted in that. And I believe that his coaching really took me to a whole nother level, you know, for the time that he was there. So, yeah, coaching and playing and having that type of experience, man, it it's definitely goes a long way. So of the three offensive line coaches you had at UT, would you put him number one? I would put him number one as far as teaching us the best. You know, it wasn't fun all the time. No, but, <laughs> it was yeah. never fun. <laughs> it was not fun all the time, but uh, we definitely, we definitely worked, man. And, and you know, you know that the individual periods were intense and it's, <laughs> but we became better players, man. And we had a pretty, pretty good offensive line, especially, you know, our class that came in there. Yeah. But, Next, I would have to say Pittman and then uh, Mahoney. But Pittman was great because he was related to us the best. He was a really personable coach. Yeah. And we just he just wanted to have a good time. You know, I know he's at um he's at Arkansas now, I believe, right? Yeah, the head coach. Head coach, right? yeah. Great. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. He's such a likable dude, man. And um and Mahoney, good dude. Um, you know, we were already seniors at that point. And so yeah. we were just kind of coasting and took everything that we had learned in the, the previous three years and just roll with that. And he knew that. And, um, he let us do our thing. 
Yeah, I mean, people. I mean, there was even talk of you and Juwan leaving before they got there, just because you, you know, you guys were sought after and seen as like a very good offensive line and new coaching staff and all that kind of stuff was like, uh, I don't know, you know, if they would stay or not. Um, But I I was never going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I had to to finish school. That was always on my, you know, list of to do things, and I'm glad I got that done and I stayed and you know had to play another year in that, that stadium in that atmosphere because yeah, NFL is nothing like it. Um, yeah. College is, is unbelievable as far as the fan bases and just the consistent amount of support that they give to, you know, the college team. So, yeah. And I, I, I would agree with your ranking. I, I think, uh, I think coach Pittman, it's, it's um, he's definitely the most relatable coach that I've ever had. And, and, one of the funniest for sure. Yeah, I still remember most phrases by him. For sure <laughs> yeah. I still remember the first day he came in as a coach was just like, Hey guys, like we are here to have fun. And all, all of us like looked at each other like, wait, what? Like, what did he say? Are you sure? Are you sure about that? Yeah. What is that? Cause we just went through two years that he said he yeah. killed us the entire time. Yes. There was, there was no fun, sir. Exactly. Um, but I think totally I think different. that's what makes him a good coach, a good head yeah. coach, especially because I don't think head coaches coach that much. I mean, they really don't. It's all about like motivation. Exactly. And, they are and, there to be a figure. I mean, they do a lot of coaching, whether it's on the offensive or defensive side of the ball, but they really have to be that that pillar, yeah, you know, of, of strength. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> they yeah. gotta be on, on everything. So yeah, exactly. So, you know, you just talked about your, you know, time at UT and wanting to finish and everything like that. During your time, I'd like to hear maybe your best and worst memory during that time period. Gotcha. What, what, you know, what was, what was the best time you had and the most joy you got out of something? What was maybe one of the worst times you had? So the best time of one of my best moments, I guess, um, was when we were ranked and we were, we had college game day that week. We were going against Florida. Yeah. We were ranked like 20 something, you know, but, um, first time in a while. Sophomore. Yeah. First time in a while. I was like my sophomore. It was my sophomore junior year or whatever. But it was my first time being ranked. I'm like, Oh, Oh damn. This is, this is real. We got college game day coming. We got Florida coming to town. Uh, that was awesome. The game was, the game was live. Um, we lost, of course, but yes. no, it's still yeah. fun. <laughs> my <laughs> next best moment, though, was um, when we did finally beat a ranked team. I believe it was South Carolina at home. Yep. That game was crazy. It was loud. You know, Neyland was rocking. Um, but, yeah, it was it was unbelievable. Yeah. But the worst time would have to be all the losing, man. <laughs> we <laughs> Went to one bowl game in my in my career there, and uh, that was unfortunate. But you know, the best times definitely you know I'll I'll do the the worst. So yeah. unfortunate for that, and for sure, selective memory. You start you start just remembering the good stuff, and yes, pushing yes, the bad stuff out out the yes, back. That's the best way to go about life, in my in my opinion. So yeah, and then uh, I thought almost you were gonna say the. Uh, the Georgia game because I'm pretty sure that was your senior year where we we wore the smoke yes. almost won but 
Yes. Also, back of the end zone was. Uh, yeah, that's that's a tough one too. Yeah, it's, tough. It's a big pile of those. But... Yeah, there's a big pile of those. That was, you know, people say that um, the Oklahoma game, my senior year, mm-hmm. uh, when we played Oklahoma, Ian Nealon was the loudest they'd ever been. But man, that Georgia game, when we had the Smoky Grace for the first time, and you know we ended up losing in overtime. Yeah. That was the loudest, and I yes. I was there for both, and that was the loudest by far I've ever heard it. Like when they, we blocked that punt, punt, yes, That's, bro, it <laughs> I was no insane. Idea what happened. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> wait, I gotta go out the field goal. Wait, yes. Punt? <laughs> yes, that was a heck of a game too, man. Insane. So um, that's a moment for sure. Yeah, I know. So sorry to interrupt, but just want to take a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. So uh, whether rare, dead stock, or latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for on eBay. Uh, it's the original sneaker marketplace, uh, and it's got everything that you're looking for. Um, and they have an authenticity guarantee on your sneakers, and it's very meticulous. Uh, They have authenticators that verify your box, your logo, your stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. You also uh, receive an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp for authenticity. It also protects sellers with a verified return process. So if you're a seller of shoes, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. So... Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. So your th- I want to get your thoughts on the coaches that you had and almost had. Because um, Juwan talked about his experience enrolling early and Kiffin leaving and what he all had to go through. Now you enrolled later. But what was that like with Kiffin leaving? And then, you know, maybe expand on Dooley, your thoughts on Dooley and your thoughts on Butch when he eventually got there last year. So Kiffin, I well, he recruited me, um, but I never really got a chance to be coached by him. So he offered me my scholarship and, you know, but I think it was about February or something or January. Anyway, he got out of town went to USC. And so I was still leaving. Well, I was still committed at the time. And I was like, let me just take some more trips. I still had some official visits that I could have set up. Um, So I took a couple more of those. And ultimately, I ended up, you know, staying with Tennessee. Um, But I I never really thought about leaving that much. No, I feel like nobody was ever going to beat them out um, during my recruiting process. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And then for Dooley, Great coach. By the way, when I went to St. Lucia a couple weeks ago, I ran into Dooley. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting there, you know, everybody had masks on. I was sitting there. I was like, that looks like Dooley over there. I had no idea, but I finally walked up to him. And I was like, Dooley, is that you? And then he looked back, but uh, yeah, I saw him a couple, a couple weeks ago. Um, but Dooley's a great guy. He, I thought he was a good coach. You know, we obviously didn't, you know, do do great, you know, the years that he was there, but you know, it's it's always tough playing in SEC. So it's part of the business. College is a business too, you know, even though they don't get paid 
as much. <laughs> Not nearly as know. much. As, yeah, as much. Because there's a lot going on right there now. But, uh, <laughs> wish I had those McDonald's bags, but me too, um, bud. Me too. <laughs> Would have been great, but yeah, man. And Bush, Bush was a good dude. He, I feel like he had, he knew what he was doing. Um, he's probably I think we just had a trouble in recruiting and just didn't get a bunch of guys and and didn't do too much you know those those seasons that he was there and yeah he got out of there as well so it's just it's just part of the business so yeah i mean all good coaches though they're still they're still coaching now so that's a testament to to their abilities so yeah they got knowledge they got knowledge about the sport i mean it's not like they're they're idiots they they, right they've been been (laughs) doing this for a while so um now the this question I ask everybody, uh, who is the toughest guy that you've had to go against? And you can either say maybe a college guy and then also an NFL guy. And I don't know if we're They're all the same. To... They, they usually transition right to the <laughs> Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if we're allowed to include J.J. Watt in this conversation because <laughs> that one's an obvious one. Um, and you had yeah. to go to practice versus him. So Yeah, J.J.'s great. Yeah, yeah so let, situation. let's talk about in-game guys that you had to go against. Who who is maybe some of those real tough ones? In-game guys. Uh, so my first start at Tennessee was against Alabama, mm-hmm. and they had Marcel Darius. Yeah. So he was definitely one of the tougher guys to go against in college. Um, he was like another guy from um, what was his name? South Carolina. Uh, Clowny, not Clowny. It was an interior guy. Get his name, but it'll come to me later. Um, but yeah, those two guys were tough in the league. There's like a bunch of them. Everybody's <laughs> pretty. Everybody's good. Um, I would say Aaron Donald's up there. He's quick and strong. He'll get by you in a second. I'll just go through you. Yeah. Um, Fletcher Cox, strong as hell. Uh, who else is there? There's Buckner, Grady Tackle. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that are just really good and, you know, can cause a lot of guys an offensive line problem, man. And that's what's great about the league. It's it's never it's never going to be an easy week. You know, it's always a challenge. <laughs> You're always <laughs> – and that's the same thing in the SEC. You know, there was always a good defensive line or a good offensive line. You know, they, there was always good players on, you know, both sides of the ball, which makes it the best, you know, uh, conference in – college football so yeah i mean do you think it's do you think it's more the speed or maybe more the strength that really makes an interior defensive lineman the best or is, or is it like you know the athleticism or or the hand movement or i think because there are guys that have a combination of all that speed yeah. power great with their hands and those what makes them you know if they're not you know, one sided they just they have more they have more or multiple moves. Yeah. Um, that would make them really dangerous. And like I said, there's a bunch of guys in the league that are like that, you know, whether it's because of their stature. You got guys that are, you know, D tackle six eight. Yes. Strong as hell, long arms. It's, it's not easy to block them. And you got guys who are, you know, strong is strong speed on the planet, you know. Have you had have, like have you had to go against guys that you played with at UT, like McCullers or Malik Jackson? Oh, yeah. I'm going to get both of them. <laughs> yeah, Big Dan's always – he's a mountain in there, man. He's he's always tough to move. 
Um, I haven't gone against Malik in a little bit, but I know he's he's with the Eagles now, I believe. Yeah. So I'm sure I'll see him soon. Um, but yeah, Malik Malik was always good. He's he's one of those guys who was strong through with his hands and had great power. So that's why he's one of the top paid guys in the league. So yeah, exactly. Great that's why he's got a Super Bowl. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so you know, mentioned JJ Watt. Now that he is gone from the team, you also have Deshaun Watson talking about leaving. What, what's your opinion on those guys? Um, and, you know, what's your opinion on them wanting to leave? Yeah. Well, J.J., first off, he's uh, he's one of those guys that, you know, after he gives a speech, you're just like, you got to love that guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's an inspiration. He's a, he's a true leader, man. Um, he always works hard. It was never a day where he did not bring it in practice. Yeah. And that's what you had to admire about him. He always, you know, grinded it out. He always was was tough to block. You know, he never, you know, let up on any play. Um, so it's going to be sad to see him leave the city of Houston, but I know he'll be fine wherever he gets picked up at. Um, I think that's just part of the business part, man. He's owed a lot of money this year, and you got to crunch the numbers. It's just part of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's just part of it. It's just it's part of the business, and. That just happened. So, um, but in Deshaun, I don't know what's going on there. Honestly, he's, I guess he's just trying to um, look out for himself. I'm sure his opinion wasn't heard. And no, I don't blame him at all. So we'll see what happens with that. And if he's yeah. here, great. If he's not, I wish him the best. Um, yeah, because yeah, it's, it's, it's just a different transition for a new coach, you know, like you were saying earlier. From our, you know, past with UT, man, it's just tough, especially when guys are being heard and their voices are being heard, and it's just tough, man. Yeah, but like I say, it's just business. You gotta do what's best for you. And I, I feel like that, you know, that video came out of your guys' last game, and and JJ like going up to just Sean, just being like, "Hey, like, I'm sorry that the first four yeah. years we like didn't do anything when you were here. Like, I'm, I'm sorry that." we wasted this year. Like we weren't able to get over the hump or, you know, get into the playoffs uh, like we wanted. And I mean, I, th I think that plays into Deshaun's decision of, you know, I think if he would have been more involved, he probably would have stayed with you guys. But I think, you know, the winning and the losing is what is irking him. Yeah, uh, for sure. And then how called out do you feel? Cause everyone says, Oh, it's the offensive line's fault. Like that's man, why. they've been <laughs> as you know, man. It's always offensive, it's always the offensive line's fault. I'm not saying we couldn't have done better. Of course, there's always room for improvement, but I, uh, all that talk about you know, it's offensive line, this offensive line, that I've never really listened to it because you know, only people really need to listen to, and this is a you know, the golden rule. You know, only people yeah. need to listen to are the people that's inside the building. And I believe that's so true because most people don't really know what's truly going on they don't know you know the play they don't know the scheme so how can you really tell who's at blame anything like that yeah, so exactly. it's always offensive line we got the we got the most guys out there so who are you gonna blame i mean a sack, a sack can be on a tight end and a running back too now <laughs> exactly exactly but it's not always most, offensive most line. fans a lot of fans don't know that but it is what it is so you know i just take that talk goes one in out the other yeah I'll just know that you're the, been trying to cut me for years, man. Yeah, you're part of 
you're a part of the worst offensive line in, in the NFL. Either you guys or maybe the guys over at the Seahawks are considered like yeah. But you gotta take it with stride. I mean, I know you guys. You got some it's dogs part, over it there. It comes. It comes with the with job the description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just comes exactly. with the job description. You know, so that's why we're all tough guys. It's just part of it. Yeah. So let's go a little more lighthearted. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, you're only a six-round guy, but you have signed your your second contract now. What was, and this might be, you know, earlier in your career, but what was your first big purchase that you're like, heck yeah, like I have to get that. Like this is why I am here to get this right here. <laughs> so while I was <laughs> training for the combine and stuff, I always rented a Tahoe. And while I was training – or, you know, driving around and whatnot when I was out in Florida. I just always loved the ride, the, you know, smoothness of it. Yeah. I fell in love with that. So once I signed my contract, it was like, I just texted, it was like 50 grand or something like that. Yeah. So once I signed my contract, I went out and I bought a brand new Tahoe, you know, 70K plus. <laughs> and I, <laughs> so I, was, I was basically in debt, you know, for a little bit. Yeah. You know, at least until like halfway through the season. You're like, give me that car. all of that signing bonus. Yes, right? exactly. Because <laughs> the majority of them went to that car. Yeah. But long story short, I still have that truck with me today, you know, seven, eight years later. Um, but yeah, that was my first big purchase. And I love it. I'm going to keep it until, you know, the engine blows up. So yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not mad about it. Where did you as a I, because you're a later round pick, usually you don't have to do this, but were you involved in like a rookie dinner? Like, did you have to pay for dinner or anything like that with the offensive line? Yeah. So in Kansas City, we had, um, I think it went oldest to youngest or youngest to oldest, one of the two. But you know, we each took turns every week um, doing our dinners. And I kind of lucked out because the week that I had to pay, we decided to go to a burger joint. Yes. And I swear to you, <laughs> I swear to you not, the bill was like 250 and it was about maybe 12, 12 of us. It's eating burgers. So I, I really lucked out. And uh, yeah. I've heard some stories, man, like guys going to wherever, strip clubs or wherever down in Florida or wherever. <laughs> been like 30K or not. Bro, so, no way. It's, it's Yeah, man, it's it can you can get up there. It can get up there. The most That's I had to do, because I, I, I came in as undrafted guy. I was in practice squad for like two months at the end of the season with Tampa. And the only thing I had to like purchase was they wanted to decorate the meeting room with Christmas stuff. So I had to yeah. go out with another offensive lineman my, and that was a rookie too and go mm. buy Christmas stuff from Target. And we just bought a bunch of Christmas wrapping and wrapped the tables yep. in Christmas wrapping <laughs> and put like a, and put like a little elf on the shelf up in a corner. And one of our uh, Ali Marpet is Jewish. Uh-huh. And we got Jewish with the star David wrapping paper and wrapped around his table. <laughs> Just his. Yeah. So that we we were very proud of that one. We thought that was a good good touch. Oh, but, yeah, uh, man. You gotta have your I believe every team has their you know rookie traditions. And our our when I was a rookie, I always had to get a bunch of dip. You know, our okay. O line coach dip. There was a bunch of guys in the room dip. I started dipping eventually. So <laughs> <laughs> I would get cans of dip you know, every week and, you know, we had to decorate the room. We'd always have to have snacks, um, bringing breakfast every Friday and Saturday. 
uh, Kolaches or Chick-fil-A. Yes. Did it for a year straight. <laughs> so nowadays, since I'm, you know, eight-year guy now, I always make sure I, I make sure the rookies are on it every yeah. year. You know, you got to get that breakfast in on time. I had to start. I had to start doing some pharmacies, or I was going to dip. Like I yes, didn't want yes. to dip, so I was like, I gotta have because just the wear and tear of like you're waking up at six a.m. You're not getting home. You're not getting back to your place till like it's, seven p.m. Yeah, you're so tired sitting in that meeting room. It's dark. Watching the same film over, <laughs> yeah. over and over. Well, you go. So you you'll go to. Uh, a run scheme meeting with running backs and tight ends and you'll watch the mm-hmm. same 20 plays. Then you'll go to your O-line meeting and you'll watch those same 20 plays again. Then you'll go to a whole offensive meeting and you'll watch those same 20. You'll literally mm-hmm. watch the same plays over an hour and a half, two hour period over and over and over in different meetings. Yes. You just switch meeting rooms and watch. And you better not forget on the practice field. <laughs> yeah. You will get mother effed. <laughs> yes. Bad. Um, so you spent so you spent a lot of time in Kansas City. Also, you've also spent some time in Houston now. So, big question here: What's the better barbecue, Kansas City barbecue or Texas? So, right now, I have to lean towards Texas barbecue, simply because well, there's a lot of great places out here, but also the last time I had KC barbecue, it left a bad taste in my mouth because one of my favorite spots. They got rid of one of their best things on the menu. It was blow your balls off. All right? it was pretty <laughs> um, the smoked fried chicken. I know it's not a typical barbecue thing, but smoked yes. fried chicken. And it was unbelievable. I went back there and nothing. Took it off the menu. So I was very heartbroken, my man. So yes. I found a lot of good places out in Houston, though. Um, Killings is a pretty good spot. Um, it's Papa's Barbecue is a good spot as well. There's, there's a lot of a lot of things out here that are that are just good. Lima has the highest capita like for restaurants in Houston, so there's tons of restaurants out here. Yeah, well, I I mean, good for you, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. still searching to find stuff every day. Good for that big old belly. Oh yeah, man, you already know the lap lap comes <laughs> first. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you're disappointed you can't roll up that jersey during games. It's kind of just too tight. It's going to be <laughs> not as loose as it used to be. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I mean, I appreciate you coming on. You know, I don't want to keep you all day, but uh, love sharing some stories and, and, you know, talking about your perspective on things. Um, yes, you know, is there anything else going on you got going on, you know, in your life, maybe outside of football that you want to promote or? Anything happening in your life? Right now, um, I am expecting a baby boy, my fiance. Yeah. We are nice. due in April. So that's what's going on in my life. And um, we are just getting our nursery ready and, you know, just trying to keep life moving, you know. So I'm excited for excited for that. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. So we're next, uh, next great offensive guard at Tennessee yes. coming in. Yeah. We'll four see. Years. We'll see. He might be uh, he might be in uh, playing FIFA. I don't know. <laughs> Never know. We'll see. Yeah, you got you got to watch you got to watch the head, the CT. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not a game out here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I know Vol Nation will love to hear from you. And uh, you know, now that you're here, you're going to be a recurring guest. I'm going to bring you on again. Cool. 
maybe we'll talk, you know, in the season when you got a bye week or something, we can, you know, talk about what's going on with the Vols. Sure. And, um, I'd love to have like a group one, you know, with maybe you and Juwan. Yes. And that would get the we, whole, yeah, whole, just get the whole crew. Maybe get some James Stone in here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Man, <laughs> who knows? Alex Bullard might make an appearance. Oh, yeah. That would oh, be yeah. hilarious. Yeah, definitely hit me up when you do that, man. I will. I will. Well, yeah, you have a great rest of your day, great rest of your week, and congratulations again on the uh, new co- kid coming in. Um, Appreciate it. That is, uh, that's interview with Zach Fulton. Thanks, man. Cool. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. All right. Thank you guys so much for coming out, for listening to the podcast. Uh, that was a great interview with Zach Fulton. Uh, always good to talk and catch up. And uh, please let me know what you think about the podcast. Please share with family and friends. Uh, Make sure and hit that subscribe button. And, um, you know, if you want to follow me on social media, it's Kyler Kerbison uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I also have a number that you can call or text if you have any questions you'd want me to answer or insights you'd want me to look into. The number is 865-322-9232. So, Um, Everyone have a great rest of your week. Try and stay warm out there. And as always, go Vols. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.